0: Hello everyone, how are we doing today? Drinking a delicious green tea this morning. It's been a little bit, it's been about three weeks since I've recorded the last devlog, only because I've been knee deep inside of designing Umbral Dive, with whom we'll have a title change here in the near future, I think, as the game begins to solidify more and more. But who am I? Hi, welcome back, I'm Jeremy Gage. This is another devlog installment, uh, I believe the fourth of its kind. Be out of order. It can be whatever. You can listen to these in any order, I think, and it'll be useful. Uh, You can find me at JeremyGage5 over on Twitter. You can listen to the Draw Your Dice podcast both on YouTube and also on any podcast distributor of your choice. And I really uh, have really awesome conversations coming up in the year. But, you know, this is a devlog about the process of project name, Umbral Dive, my skirmish, modernized, trad RPG thing, Uh, solving all the, trying to solve all the problems for myself that I have with Dungeons and Dragons, Pathfinder, and Games of Their Ilk. So this episode is going to be dedicated to talking about the Fractal System, which I think is going to be the name of the SRD. I think it just fits with the themings of the core game overall, the flagship game, if you will, and also talk about how playtest design is going, and I think it's going well. So let's start with the fractal system, because then that will sort of cement into the current playtest design. So something I've mentioned in the devlog before is that I don't think it's necessary to have a single mechanic hold up all of the different ways you engage with a fictional world. Uh, As I see it, there are sort of four or five layers of game engagement on your traditional RPG. One of those I think is... One of those I think is? No. uh, The layers sort of going from tightest scope, at least in a trad RPG skirmish game to widest scope is there's the moment to moment combat, which is the most granular of the game. And then if you zoom out a little bit, there is the inter-party connection slash dungeon delving role play. So that's sort of, I call that like a micro level role play Then you have sort of overworld travel and uh, interaction with the world at large. Uh, And then there's sort of like faction play. Those two kind of sit on the same level for me, but you could argue either one is under the other. I guess if I had to pick, faction play would be under overworld play. And so... I think that ultimately I'm going to design a specific core system for each of those styles of interaction. As I'm dubbing this the fractal system, uh, mostly based on like the idea of a kaleidoscope and how different shapes can meld into each other um, and how you can pick specific colors and things. And the idea behind the fractal system is that I also want to inspire core mechanics that you can use and don't need to use. For instance, if you're a play style group that is generally focused on just combat and dungeon delving, like that's the sort of game you wanna you wanna get to more of like the board game mechanics of of a game. I think you can just use those two and you should never have to be able to touch overworld or faction play if you don't want to. If you're more story oriented people or narrative oriented people, then I think that you should be able to engage in both the overworld and the faction play without the need to go to moment by moment combat. And maybe there are quick, for, as I'm thinking about this now, maybe there are quick versions of each of these systems, right? So there's the in-depth version, which you can use to sort of like soup up your game moment to moment, but maybe there's like a quick resolution method uh, for each of these systems that like, oh, I do sort of want to know how the world tells us that the game, uh, excuse me, that the world tells us how uh, it responds to our actions. And so uh, it's kind of a, a notion of how much does the game get to be a player in, at, or excuse me, at your table. So that's sort of the fractal system at large. But for me, the one that I've been focusing on the most is the combat. You can listen to the state of combat in the last episode. It has changed quite a bit since then. I uh, had a lot of revelations about how I want the game to, to operate, very inspired by Destiny 2 in a lot of ways, uh, but also MMORPGs, excuse me, and others of of the like. So that will lead me into the playtest document. So I'm working on a playtest alpha. It's gonna be closed alpha. It's not gonna be super public right now. I'll probably pull, it'll probably be something I run uh, that I will field people who are in the Discord for those for that play. Uh, I have uh, shout-out to the people who've already joined and are interested in the playtest that I mentioned in the last episode. Uh, and then if the playtest alpha goes well, that document, after I get some questions answered, that document will evolve into sort of like a playtest open alpha that I'll probably put up on Itch for free that people can sort of manipulate and play. I'll probably have the documents up on Discord, uh, but they are very much going to be in alpha. Some things may not work when you kick the tires on them uh, once they get in the hands of other GMs. And I think that that's okay, and that'll be good feedback for the game. And I think this is just a game that needs testing on the combat level because I need it to... You know, I want it to be good and I want it to be successful and I'm only one um, angle of playing the game. So what is going to be included in this combat play test? Uh, I once saw a tweet from a uh, person named Delaney King over on Twitter. Uh, Let me look up her... Twitter handle. So Delaney King, uh, at rocks. that's R-O-X. She is a character, tech artist, Dragon Age, Where the Wild Things Are, Unreal 4, Civ 4, D&D Online, God of War, Stellaris HD, uh, just a very cool designer, has a lot of Really good advice. Uh, honestly, if you don't do like notifications on Twitter, she would be the first account that I would say, put notifications on whenever you need to go check out something she said that's game dev related. It's, it's really cool stuff. But there was a tweet she made a while ago about when you're building your first video game. You make your one character, your one sword, your one boss, your one little enemy. Maybe those two enemies are the same enemy, but one is just bigger or has like an extra gimmick in it. Uh, And just focus on the most minimum viable product of play. And so for me, that is combat. What I care most about right now is combat. And then I think a lot of the dungeon delving stuff will come off of whatever those mechanics happen to be. So they don't intersect with each other in a weird way. And that's what I'm doing. That's what this playtest is. So it's focusing on combat. And what will be included in this playtest? Well, the opener has some just basic information about the world. Who the characters are. Why certain things are happening. Um, The setting is very post post apocalypse Uh, What that means is that humanity has actually gone extinct and somehow we have resurfaced in a new age, a new sort of like, almost Pangean style uh, world. It's just raw wilderness. Um, The difference though, from what we know as Pangea as to now is that our Structures in our technology have been sort of swallowed up by the land, but are still very much present. So ruined skyscrapers, old tech robots, speculative science fiction stuff that's laying around. has a little bit of like a Numenera vibe for anyone that's familiar with that setting. And uh, that's sort of the opener. It also talks about what the player characters are. Uh, The player characters are called Sirens, I've decided. Uh, that's P-S-Y-R-E-N-S. The idea is that at some point in the setting, you know, me as the game designer, I've decided there's this amazing solar flare that was the cause of human extinction, but we had like a cloning procedure set in place. So that's why humans are back. Uh, I don't have to explain it and how it works. And the solar flare sort of woke up the world's mind and there is this ambient sort of chromatic aberration energy uh called glimmer which is like psychic energy the world has a soul it has a mind but it's so beyond our understanding of human concept that it comes across as vague messages uh and it uses the glimmer to manifest what are called flickers, moments in the past. Uh, You can almost imagine like anything that's happened to the world up until the point of this game has scarred it in some way. World wars, diseases, um, massive global events are just things it remembers. And sometimes those memories resurface Uh, in the form of, like, this colorful energy. So if you can imagine, like, your, I don't know, traditional fantasy monster of a goblin, and imagine that it's just made up of, like, red energy, and it's just condensed enough that it can actually do some physical harm to a person. So those are flickers. And that's sort of, like, the magic of the world, is this glimmer. And glimmer can be manipulated by thought or by emotion or by intent and sirens are people who have the strongest resonance with different types of glimmer and so that's sort of the opening it just gives you a little brief intro of the world tells you who you're playing then it goes into who the gm is who i call the messenger in this game so it's mg haha uh, uh, someone pointed out to me that that's rather clever and I like it. So you play the MG or the messenger. And the reason I call it the messenger, uh, two reasons. One, I don't like the term game master or facilitator or something like that. Or even guide uh, as the um, world player, I guess. Because I want that person to feel like a player. I want them to have a cool title for when they're interacting with play in the game. I think Game Master or Facilitator makes them feel very outside of the di- game or can have the potential to make them feel outside of the game. And so I have decided on The Messenger and the reason I call it that is when you are playing the world I think there's this like really interesting thing that happens on the conscious level or subconscious level of your mind where you're asking the fictional re- uh, representation in your head of the world how it responds to the players, right? So the players go, oh, can we, um, you know, can we... explore this underwater ruin like are there any dangers or can we ask this npc for help or something and you know in your mind's eye as the as the facilitator you go huh hey world can the players talk to this npc without problems and then you're sort of like computing the data in your head and the fictional data in your head and then you translate what the world said back out to the players such as the messenger and I think this is really cool, like meta level narrative thing you can do, where a player can go like, "Oh, let's ask the messenger," right? And it can just be this conduit for the world and the players, which is what that world player represents, right? Is a connection to uh, what the world is trying to say, which is I think is cool. So the GM is called the messenger, the MG in this case. Uh, they operate foes, and for the playtest, they'll have rules about how to do that and how to navigate uh, a couple of documents, and then uh, it goes out into the combat section, which talks about the different phases of combat, what happens in them, what can you do in them. Um, there's a section about character creation, which explains how to build a siren, Uh, Like I mentioned in uh, a couple previous episodes of the devlog, there won't be character progression, there'll be world progression. So the MG will actually be the person that gets to play the sort of experience level game, whereas the players are more going to gain benefits through that level up of the world. And they're more of like a customization equipment style play. Um, Think Things like Destiny 2, Think, maybe like Horizon Zero Dawn, uh, God of War. I guess they do kind of like level up systems for the equipment in some cases, but the idea is that it's about the things that you have on you versus um, your personal character's abilities because I want your character to already feel like a capable person with skills. Um, and you might be asking like, well, then, how do I see this character grow? like how do I make my character grow? And um, I think in what I what I'm going to present in the game is not a growth during play, but a growth after play. So what I mean by that is when you design your siren, you will, play out a couple sessions. Umbral Dive is going to be a game that's designed around my personal philosophies on how long a campaign or an adventure should last, and I never play more than 12 sessions of a campaign. Like, I want to get a story done in about 12 sessions, sometimes 14. Um, And after anywhere between that maximum and the minimum number of sessions to play, uh... I kind of want to inspire a self-reflection of your character and say, okay, what we did in this adventure changed my character in this way. After the whole narrative arc is done, this is the lesson my character learned. I think I'm going to remake my character to fit these attributes for the next time we play the campaign. And what I love about that is more lateral skill expression rather than vertical skill expression. So uh, as a contrast in D&D, when you are a class and you pick, let's say, a sorcerer, right? When you make that decision, you've kind of already made the choice that you are going to be a sorcerer for the rest of the game. And the thing that progresses about you is your interactions in the world and the plat powers you have particular access to in a vertical slice. So, and to change classes is kind of like a whole big deal of an arc or reflection or something like that. So you're playing a sorcerer and you're like, well, I kind of want to be a warlock now, or I want to multi class warlock, or I want to have those changes. And I think some of those, some of the ways that people develop doing that can be. Uh, At least for me, a little trait. I don't want you to spend the extra session length as a busy adult to change from sorcerer to warlock or even to add it in. Um, Which, you know, might be its own fun in its own regards, but that's just not how I want to play. And I think there's a, a modicum of thinking about how Other people think like that too. They don't want to waste the time in changing classes. So I offer that. I think that you play a couple of quick sessions. You do a quick story arc or something for the world or a faction or an NPC. And then you sort of on a after campaign debrief kind of talk about, oh, like did my internal truth change about my character? If yes, make a new siren, same name, different kind of, stats or equipment allocations and play another campaign and see if that character jives with you. See if you want to change them back. Um Let that version, maybe you can play a game where that previous version is now like a flicker. Because remember, I said the world remembers things through the glimmer. So your character is now omnipresent in the world, whether you like it or not. So you could pass it along to another, uh, player in a different table and, or at a different table in a different game and use that character as a foe or as a memory. Uh, maybe you can use those lessons to sort of like alternate reality stuff. I think it's a really cool concept and just giving people the permission to like really play with characters in a way that I think is, Not as talked about. I'm not saying I'm doing anything new or innovative here. Uh, I do think there are games or people who have already had these thoughts and have tried to execute them, or may have executed them, and I'm just not privy. Uh, But I do want to give people the ability to say like, characters are really, uh, can be really transitive in a lot of ways. And I think that's cool. I think it's a cool thing to like mechanize. So, the playtest document will include those, and then the last bit is that it includes a both an uh, uh, an enemy for a boss fight, uh, and then an enemy for a crowd fight, uh, and you can sort of play both of those, it gives you rules on foes, uh, lots of cool stuff in there, and so you get character creation, and you'll get some pre-generated sirens each Uh, satisfying a specific role or job, as I call them, Uh, a specific job in combat, uh, as well as, or excuse me, a specific combat job is what I call it. Uh, And then a certain glimmer harmony and then certain equipment to go with them. You'll pick it up, you'll play it, it'll be a Google Sheets character keeper. Uh, Then you'll have your team sheet, you'll have the phone counter sheet, and then you'll just have to boot up a roll 20 with some ruler things, turn off your grid and uh go to town on uh what I call the the desolation. So yeah, that's where the playtest is at. Uh document is relatively done, probably a couple more Uh, kinks to work out as far as like word choices and things a little bit more of like a microscopic edit and have to make the pre-generated character keepers have to make the like faux tracking sheet and then I just try to run it myself try to run it for others and then I pass it out to the greater uh, umbral dive community Again, that name may not be because that was a different version of the game that had a different feeling, but I think the playtest is coming along. I foresee it probably being public somewhere beginning of May, end of April of 2022. And after that, it's off to the races because if that works, uh, that's the majority of the micro game. And that will make all the other design that much easier. Uh, I can start designing more foes. I can start designing more class options. Uh, I can start designing more like special abilities and powers. Um, and then I can start working on like dungeon delving stuff and tying in like a larger frame of play. See how long combat takes. And, yeah. Um, So, if anyone has any specific questions about maybe other aspects of the game that I'm sort of, like, marinating on, or uh, why I make certain design decisions as related to my inspirations of, like, video games, because a lot of this game design is taking from... Video games is the thing I have the most experience with in the gaming industry. Uh, Board games are cool, and I definitely think there are things I'm using from those. But a lot of my initial seed points are from video games with concepts that I find very interesting and I think can be brought back to the role-playing space. Um, If you want to help me make some job abilities, hang out in the Discord uh, that's the that's the Have You Played This Discord uh, HYPt. You can find a link to that in um, on my Twitter. And yeah, listen to the Dry Your Dice podcast. You have to if you're listening to this. <laughs> um, and yeah, playtest coming to you very very soon very soon, and I would love for you to play it. So thank you, and enjoy the rest of your day, and I hope to have more devlogs for you soon. Uh, Other stuff I'm working on, I'm working on like, kind of like a cheap online course video kind of thing where, um, I just want to make like game theory a little bit more accessible. I've done a lot of homework on game theory in the last year when I started the podcast and started designing this. And just had questions about like what what is play? How does it all work? I would love to create some like basic resources for people to you know learn tools to make their own game i don't think this would be a course of like saying this is how you make a game but more of these are all your options when it comes to design and things to think about and some of those might be a little bit outdated or mm, outdated may not be the right word i think a little bit more classical And there are definitely modern things that I'm not really privy to how, on how to explain to people yet. Uh, But I'm learning every day and I want to share that education with you. So let me do the work and maybe if you slide me a couple dollars for that, that would be cool. And yeah, just really helping with education, accessible education. And Making games. Especially as fine-tuned as Umbral Dive. Um, not very abstract in the slightest. Uh, so, yeah. Great. Well, I think I hope that you all have a beautiful day. Again, I've been Jeremy Gage. You can uh, check me out over on YouTube. You can check me out over on the Twitters. Uh, but the biggest place is the Discord community. Um... I was on Radio Silence for a while with combination of, like, dog stuff. Uh, I'm a dog sitter by uh, trade right now and just being heavily invested in working on Umbral Dive. And, you know, just also not being good at the internet. <laughs> I play a lot of volleyball, just a lot of, like, real-life activities that keep me off the computer for the most part. And when I am on, I'm writing. So... Thanks, everyone. Thank you for being here. I really appreciate it. Thank you for continuing to follow this series. Thank you for continuing to listen to the podcast. Thank you for joining the Discord community. Thank you to all the patrons who support, who, who give some, some backings to what I do. It really makes a world of difference. You have no idea. Um, and I'll see you in the next episode. Bye bye